Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Reese, and alongside one of my oldest friends, David Farrell. Dude, he's even brought his own sound effects. He came ready to play. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. So for those of you who don't know, Armando is off gigging. He's a, uh, you know, Twilight and he was in Chicago. I think he's in Cincinnati now. He's 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 doing Armando's stuff, which is great. And uh last week I did a solo cast episode, and this week I'm just like, yo, I could do another solo cast episode, or I could bring in David Farrell to talk about this cacophony of a game that's happened in the last just like 10 hours. Everything's just gone to like hell in a handbasket, but first. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Reese. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. It's uh, it's good getting to see your face again because I don't think we were talking. I don't think you've been on this cast since the uh, the draft cast back in May, have you? No, that's right. And uh, it seems like every time I come on, it seems like there's some uh, Aaron Rodgers controversy. So uh, fired up <laughs> to talk about it. Dave wants to smoke and he brings the smoke. He's our good luck charm. I love it. Uh, <laughs> how is the family doing? That, yep, they're doing great. Um, Ryan just officially turned 17 months old today. Uh, um, wow. It, it's it's a mind-blowing. Um, he's, he's walking officially. Yeah. Uh, more like running, I guess, uh, as oh toddlers gosh. do, because he's a toddler and not a baby. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, seeing the world through his eyes, which is a fun experience. Oh, for sure. I, I got to ask, because I obviously don't have any kids of my own yet. What what's talking age? Is he babbling yet? Is he saying go pack go? He's you know we're we're working on it. Um, he he's saying daddy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a fun one. Um, he's saying Debbie, which is my sister's name. Uh, I don't think he knows that he's saying her name, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, you bet. Okay, so so speaking of just families, I'm going through here. Uh, your dog. How old is your dog now? Oh my gosh. Wesley, who is sitting by my feet right now, uh, he's four. Don't know how that's possible. Wesley named after your favorite actor, uh, Blade Star Wesley Snipes, correct? <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Dude, wow. And you got to remind me, uh, Golden Doodle or is he a Woodle? He, he's a Golden Doodle. He's a mini. Um, okay. So we picked him out and they told us he was going to be about 45, 50 pounds. Uh, and he stopped at 20. Whoa! So he he's just a, a little dude. Did, did you know he was a mini when you got him? We knew he was a mini, um, but they typically grow more than that. Um, okay. So he's more in like the petite mini stage uh-huh. um, because, you know, there's so many types of golden doodles these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I can tell you firsthand when I was working the Starbucks drive through, it's like every third car. I'm like, oh, look at your golden doodle. They're like, no, this is a Bichon Oodle. This is a fun noodle. <laughs> this is a ramen noodle. And I'm like, geez, look at all these different kinds of doodle dogs. But no, that's super cool. It's a cocker spaniel doodle. <laughs> it's a it's a it's, it's a, a golden cockapoo. <laughs> cockapoo. That seems made up. Yeah, it's just a golden retriever. Golden retriever. So, <laughs> so it's a golden retriever. No. No. D- designer. Well, okay, so then saving the best for last, then how is your wife doing? I haven't I don't think I've seen Olivia since Oh my gosh, the wedding? Since we were in Kansas City last time? Is that right? Oh, duh, 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 duh. You guys came to Kansas City. But that was very brief. That that Um, was very brief. And right before COVID too, wasn't it? Like a few months? Oh my gosh. uh, Yeah, it was that um, Chiefs-Ravens game we went to. Um, Was that the first 
installment of that series. That was number two. That was number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when was that? 2019? Yeah, that would have been like fall 2019. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Two years ago. Yeah. So far too long. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Super far too long, man. Oh, well, good to hear she's doing well. Is she, uh, is she back in the office now or is she working remotely as well? She is back in the office. She's back in schools. She's uh, kind of all over the place. Wow. I know she's back in school. Is she uh, doing like a doctorate at KU Med or something or what? Oh, no. Uh, she's um, a speech therapist um, in the school system. Um, mm. So she works for Grantwood AEA um, ah. <laughs> in, in Cedar Rapids, and she serves the um, schools in this community. So, yeah, gotcha. she's uh, all over the place. That makes way more sense. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Dave, I got to ask, uh, I'm, I'm trying to do this now in my everyday life, but also I want to make it part of the podcast. But what was one good thing that happened to you today? <laughs> Love that question. Um, yep. I, I think, um, I, I guess we're jumping into this game already, but I <laughs> think it's seeing the future with Jordan Love, officially. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. That's not, a very good to, answer. Uh, not, not to just shut out Aaron Rodgers completely, because he's actually been great this entire year, but um, we're, we're kind of thinking that this is his last year. Um, I think he's made that apparent. Um, so let's see what we have here. Man, okay. All right. I love that. That is very healthy, seeing silver lining. You know, not missing the forest for the trees, all those all those sayings. So why don't we just straight up jump into it? But first, got to give a social media plug. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fountain City SM. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you'll find outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. But for now, David. Reese. It was about 10 a.m. this morning. I'm leaving the doctor's office, and I my, my text chain is blowing up. The Fountain Fantasy text chain is saying, did you guys know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play this week? And I'm like, what's going on? And it turns out that Aaron Rodgers has contracted COVID-19. Dave, where were you when you found this out? I was working. Um, I got the ESPN notification on my phone. Um, shortly followed by that group text just exploding. Yeah, the uh, notification saying that Aaron Rodgers contracted COVID-19 and will be out for the game this weekend against the Chiefs, um, which was a surprise because usually if you're vaccinated, you can still play if you have, what is it, two or three um, negative tests in a row. Mm-hmm. That's what Tyron Matthew did earlier on, yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. And it's only Wednesday, so we're asking questions. Okay, why is he already ruled out of the game? Why is he already ruled out of the game? I heard he was immunized. His words. Immunized. Um, what does that mean? What What are we doing here? You know, I, I don't even know. Uh, so I joked, and I'm like, well, maybe he's got some healing crystals, man, to ward off the bad COVID vibes. But it turns out that uh, what's his current girlfriend's name? The, the Secret Life of the American Teenager. Uh, I know, right? The one who's not Olivia Munn or Danica Patrick. It, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Shane Lee Woodley. Yes, yes. So I have heard word that allegedly she's a very like homeopathic 
no drugs, you know, let nature and essential oils kind of person. Now, uh, do not sue me for libel. Um, Aaron Rodgers must have a type because Danica Patrick was the same way, I believe, with uh, Wait, the crystals really? and the, yep, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that's why he, like, grew his hair out long. Do you think he was, like, a yogi this summer? Like, went and found peace in Tibet or something? Yeah, you know, he claims he did it for the uh, Halloween costume, which I guess he was John Wick, which was uh, pretty anticlimactic, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Huh. But um, it, it sounds like he would rather grow his hair out for an entire year than uh, get a vaccine. That's, uh... So what I want to know is, how did this go under the radar? Because don't don't they have protocols and stuff in teams and camps right now, where like the like people that are unvaccinated in the facility have to have like you know like a red wristband on, so people know they're unvaccinated. You know, kind of like contact tracing, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah, I, I think we're still waiting on those answers um, because yeah. we certainly have those questions. It's early on, but it sounds like he must have said he was vaccinated and led people astray, said he was immunized, but never actually said, hey, yes, I am vaccinated. Yeah. Um, And went this long. Did he take, like, the Joe Rogan horse dewormer? Is that what they were saying in the group (laughs) chat? Whatever that was? Yeah, it it sounds like he went to this doctor who, gosh, I don't even know. They, like, raise his antibodies. Um, So if he was (laughs) supposed to get covid it would attack that it makes no sense to me that's not how this works that's not how any of this works oh my is that gosh. what you're doing kirk cousins oh my gosh yeah no speaking of which shout out to sam for, for dro- dropping that dope kirk cousins meme where he was uh <laughs> taking the bullets for aaron oh my gosh i mean it sounds like he probably should have at least had plexiglass around him so is there any word as to how he <laughs> caught it was it just because it seems to be kind of making its way through the locker room right now with all the people that were out last week yep that's right so last week um Devontae adams who is vaccinated still contracted COVID 19 um and missed last week's game against arizona and i'm assuming that's where aaron got it um mm. i i did see a report today that came out actually that's um aaron Rodgers' friend miles teller got COVID-19 um, because oh, no. he is also an anti-vaxxer um, and whatever movie he's working on, they had to halt production completely. Yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds equally likely. Okay. Uh-huh. That's cool. Well, uh, do, do we know yet? Is he asymptomatic? That is a good question. I don't know that information. Okay, cool. Cause I mean, it, it seemed to me today, like it was, this is about the time they kind of do their weekly rounds of tests, you know, to make sure everyone's uh, not mm-hmm. not lighting up the sensor. And it came off at least as very like he tested and he tested positive and it's like to everyone's surprise, not, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat out of practice today, you know, for flu-like symptoms and then tested positive for COVID and, you know, mm-hmm. follow the breadcrumbs sort of thing. But yeah, uh, so I can tell you right now, you may have well have told everybody in Kansas City they're handing out free bacon and lottery tickets because we had this chalked up as a giant L heading into our gruesome, hellish second half of the season. But now that Jordan Love is there, we at least feel like we have a chance. So first off, thank you, you, Aaron Rodgers, for at least giving us the feeling that we have a chance. So, Dave, 
you said you're happy that we finally get to see Jordan Love, their first round draft pick from 2020, in action, seeing if he can back up the goods. What are you most looking forward to about Jordan Love's performance this week? What will you be watching for specifically? I'm going to see how different the offense actually looks um, if Matt LaFour has a different game plan um, because, I mean, obviously he doesn't have the same skill set as Randy Rogers Mm -hmm. um, or Smarts, but I think Matt LaFour, he goes, his approach, he wants to run the ball more. Um, So what does that look like under Jordan Love? Mm -hmm. Um, Are are there more rollouts? Are there more RPOs? Um, Because he is more mobile than Aaron Rodgers. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, And I also just want to see his demeanor because he's going into a very hostile environment in Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they're all on the other sideline. We expect them to put up points. (laughs) And and I want to see how he handles this um, in his very first start. Um, Mm -hmm. He has seen game action this year um, at New Orleans. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was kind of a throwaway game, I think. Yeah, it was like um, seven snaps, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, tossed into a very tough situation down by 35 or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, that's a good point about putting him in front of Arrowhead uh, because he played at Utah State, so it's not like he was even in front of Big 12 stadiums week by week, you know, 50,000, 60,000 mm-hmm. people. He's probably closer to like thirty five to 45,000 people. So we'll see how he handles the most angry and unruly central Midwesterners in the National Football League. But have you been watching a lot of tape of Jordan Love even before the announcement today that he'd be starting against Kansas City? No, I haven't. Um, he played in one preseason game, just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he looked okay, as far as you can tell. I mean, he's going against second and third stringers. Well, I was just saying, you mentioned he's more mobile than Aaron. I mean, Aaron, even at his age of, what is he now, like 36, 37? Like, he's still fairly mobile. That dude, when he rolls out, you know, he's, he's hard to, uh, to to bring down. What what kind of game does Jordan Love really bring? Is he kind of an RPO-style guy, or is he more of a pure pocket passer? I know he can scramble. Is that kind of his game, or is he used that as a last resort? Uh, I My hope is that it's a last resort. Um, that he will stay in the pocket, but um, I could see them doing somewhat similar to what um, San Francisco does um, with mm. their RPOs and getting Trey Lance involved with bootlegs, moving him around so that he doesn't have to stay in the pocket if he's not comfortable with that. But it, it's exciting. It, we, we really don't know what to expect out of Jordan Love and what he's going to look like. Oh, yeah. I can tell you his legs are what worries me the most because we don't do too well setting the edge on the rush or containing quarterbacks, as has been apparent throughout the year. I'm actually thankful that Danny Dimes didn't do one of his signature, you know, like 60-yard scamper and face plants on us. I was going to say, you you guys actually looked really good last week against Danny Dimes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it was encouraging having a defensive performance under 30 points, so I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to take those where they are, especially on a night where the offense seems to take the night off. So, Dave, now I got to ask, as a third party in this, uh, in your opinion, what has been wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs this year? To me, it seems like they can't get out of their own way. Like that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay just broke them. I I listen to you guys every week. Um, The defense 
they, they also can't get out of their own way. Um, nope. Ben Neiman is not the player he was. Um, Sorensen, God bless him. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he just needs to find a new situation. Um, I don't know if it's the wrong system for him or if he's just being used incorrectly or if he's just bad. Um, bit of column A, bit of column B, bit of column C, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spagnolo, I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I guess this is just his signature defense, the way he calls plays, and he's not adjusting. I don't know why he can't look at what, uh, say, Dallas is doing right now. The year prior, they were equally as bad, I think. Mm-hmm. And then oh, yeah. this year, all they had to do was simplify it, and they have, what, a top-five defense right now? I, I, I agree with you on Spags not making adjustments. What's unfortunate is... The adjustments work, and then he like adjusts back from those because we saw in that Giants game, as good as the defense played, you know, keeping them to 17 points, there were at least two third down occasions where right before the ball snapped, Dan Sorensen streaks to the backfield. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? It was eerily reminiscent of when he got burnt against the Bills. Luckily, this time, only one of them was completed for a like 45-yard pass in which he committed <laughs> pass interference and still let him catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, it's, it's weird seeing his snap counts go up over Juan Thornhill after a week where it seemed like the defense was starting to gel even a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm encouraged by what we saw from Willie Gay Jr. and Bolton kind of playing mm-hmm. that thunder and lightning uh, run stopper, pass catcher, uh, pass defender style linebacker. I mean, Willie Gay had that interception on that Giants first drive that really saved the tide of the game, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, uh, you bring that 45 play uh, yard play up from earlier. I watched bits and pieces of the game, but wasn't that their only big play of the game? I think you're right. I think that's the only big play they gashed us for, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think partially because Sorensen wasn't playing as much, even though he received more snaps. So, you know, the strategy couldn't be pick on Neiman, pick on Sorensen every play. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they did get Sorensen for that second touchdown late in the game, just on that super quick route to the flats. Oh. They they did, dude. How can you be that much smaller than like tight ends and still be that much slower than tight ends? Yep. And I was watching the Peyton and Eli broadcast that they do, um, <laughs> and they pointed out Sorensen was too far on the inside. He should have been playing on the outside where there's help on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got burned yet again. Yep. It's bad. Now see. Uh, We've been talking a lot about conspiracy theories today, and one conspiracy theory I have as to why the Kansas City Chiefs aren't playing well this year, uh, the solution is actually pretty simple. It's because during the offseason, Tom Brady put one of his semi-deflated footballs in the Chiefs' bag, and now you know those footballs travel from player to player, right? So like, Mahomes passes to Kelsey, who does a little pitch to Tyreek and all that stuff. It was one of those magic space jam balls where mm-hmm. everyone that touches it loses their talent. And the Looney Tunes were unable to do anything about it because they're off being distracted by LeBron James making that farcical space jam too. So that's why like Patrick's walking around looking just like Charles Barkley in Space Jam, dude. It's like, where's his mojo? Where's his swag? Where's his skill? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, uh, the Monstars are at it again. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and they handed the ball off to Spags and, like, nothing came out. They're like, oh, it's just how he is, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Well, well, anyway, Dave, so 
I think yeah. it's safe to say, given the way the Chiefs are playing, with mm-hmm. Jordan Love as starting quarterback, on paper at least, it kind of levels the playing field out a little bit here. Uh, what would you say are two keys to this game for Green Bay coming in here and beating the Chiefs? I think you can look at last week um, when Green Bay played Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um the things that they did successful is that they got to Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, they they made him step up in the pocket where he's not comfortable. Um, and then the secondary, that was the best game they've played all year, going up against DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. Um, that, that That's a tough ask. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when Jair Alexander's out. Um bunch of guys so that's one and then the second is that they have to not only control time of possession but i think dominate it to really make sure that patrick mahomes isn't on the field to do patrick mahomes things (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so see a lot of uh aaron jones aj Dillon, um and possibly jordan love getting his own rushes Right on. I think that's pretty good analysis. Uh, I think you made a really good point, definitely, with the, ste- the secondary stepping up because there's no shortage of talent in that Arizona passing game. Don't they also have Zach Ertz at tight end now? Mm-hmm. Yep, they just sat, uh, traded for Zach Ertz. They're loaded, man. <laughs> They're very loaded. And I think one thing Arizona has that Kansas City is struggling to find is that, okay, you take a step back from DeAndre Hopkins, who's your obvious like superstar wide receiver, it's like, who do you have after that? It's like, well, obviously, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, and uh, oh, who else am I forgetting? You just mentioned. A.J. Green. A.J. I Green, mean, thank you. Yeah. It, it's like, but, they're but all. you're right. The list just goes on and on. Yeah, and, and they might not be like superstars, but like they have to be accounted for for like every play, right? I mean, you can let them go off and do their own thing, and they're going to do something with it, whereas like the Chiefs right now, you bottle up Kelsey, you bottle up Tyreek Hill, and you're like, okay, I'm going to dare one of these three like wide receiver four quality dudes to beat us. And it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing the Giants did really well last week. They bottled those two guys up. They played two high safeties so that there weren't any deep shots. And uh, they dared Patrick Mahomes to take the five-yard play, six-yard play, seven-yard play every time. And he wouldn't do it. Nope. Uh, that, that first drive, it looked pretty good. But, you know, again, he threw that pass. It hit, went through uh, Gordon's hands and just, like, hit the wider, the other receiver right in the face mask and popped straight up and he got the yips again. He's like, well, this sucks. I don't trust anybody now. And it's like, ugh, dude. So then on the flip side of the coin, mm-hmm. what are two keys to the game for Kansas City to defeat Green Bay in this matchup? They have to make Jordan Love uncomfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think we started to see that out of Kansas city last week where they actually were starting to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, which to my knowledge, we haven't seen all year. Nope. Did you, (laughs) did you catch how they described the Kansas city chiefs defense in that graphic, the Halloween graphic? So, so a kid walks up to a house and like, you know, it's one of the, like take a piece of candy sort of bowls, but like the bowl was full of like bananas, raisins, like number two pencils. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly what this defense is right now. It's the bowl of candy that absolutely nobody wants because it's terrible. Oh, gosh. So, so you said limit Jordan, limit Jordan Love, pass rush. Uh, what was number two? 
And then number two, I think Patrick Mahomes can't get bored in this game. I, I think he has to take what the defense is giving him because Green Bay's defense, they are playing well right now, but they oh, yeah. are still very gettable. So take your matchups. Don't get bored um, because that's where Kansas City gets in trouble, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's a very fair analysis. I think those are both things Kansas City has to do. And I think you kind of alluded to it last week. It was the first time we saw like a semblance of life from the pass rush, which, again, Daniel Jones is missing some of his best wide receiving options, so I'm not going to pretend that we went out oh, there against definitely. the greatest show on turf. But, mm-hmm. you know, doing that gave him less time to pick on Sorensen in the secondary, gave our you know secondary more time to kind of gel and swap assignments and stuff like that. So that was that was good. And like Armando said, I got to give Armando a shout-out to this. I've been ripping on Chris Jones pretty bad in this show. Maybe you've noticed, eh, maybe you also have noticed. So they moved him in primarily to the interior of the line of that defensive tackle role as opposed to putting him on the where edge. Where he needs to be. Exactly where he needs to be. And, you know, again, I he, he wasn't full on, uh, you know, T.J. Watt level or, you know, like I always talk about, but... Chris Jones is a factor in every quarter at least once. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the sign of a star defensive player. It's like you have to make like one play only you can make per quarter and we'll call it good. Doesn't have to be spectacular, but I got to hear your name on a third down, you know. I need I need you to like destroy this play single-handedly. And that's kind of what we got from him. Uh, now, you also may have heard of the trade deadline. The Kansas City Chiefs got uh, Melvin Ingram from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. For basically like five bucks and a carton of milk so i'm happy about that do you <laughs> right, think he's, it was a six pound six round pick right uh, it was it was a six round pick and we paid 500k and the steelers were on the boat for like four million of that mm-hmm. so yeah now what's, what's frustrating is uh we courted him pretty hard in the off season and there was talk that we didn't give him a big enough offer so his agent said now we're you know we're gonna go to the steelers where they're offering the most money so it's kind of like, well, we lost a six-round pick and five hundred grand because you didn't want to sign with us in the offseason. Now we got him. Eh, okay, fine. Do you think Melvin Ingram can still contribute and make a noticeable difference to this Chiefs uh, pass rush? Oh, definitely. He. Okay, so he's um, an outside linebacker, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you think he'll come in situationally or will he be a full-time starter? Um, I would like to believe he might be a full-time starter and we start, you know, rolling out less packages requiring Ben Neiman to be on the field. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I love Ben Neiman. I was there when he was rocking the black and gold. I love him. That's right. Go Hawks. Yeah. Go Hawks. You know, we're going to turn this stuff around. Just, just got to draft Spencer Petrus next year. You'll be all fine. Uh, oh gosh. No, but, but I digress. I think he'll contribute because we haven't done a good job of setting the edge, and I think that's a lot of reasons why we've been playing Chris Jones on the outside this year as well, is because we're like, well, he's a great player, therefore he's our best option to set the edge. And it's like, it's like you're not wrong, but that's totally not the right reason to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be interested to see how he contributes to the team in the coming weeks. I think there's still time to turn it around. Definitely, uh, no, I, I think it's a good addition for them. Um, yeah. Especially since now uh, they are seemingly in win-now mode and in a division that is uh, seemingly getting worse by the day. Heck yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> Denver, uh, Denver just uh, traded Von Miller away to the Rams. Um, 
the Raiders, we don't have to get in a situation, but it's obviously getting worse. Um, and then you look at the Chargers, they can't stop anyone on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Kansas City's for the taking. And if this can't fire them up, then I don't know what will. And, you know, that's what's so frustrating right now is that, like, the final boss of the AFC currently is Buffalo. And it's like, I feel like if the Chiefs had their head screwed on right, they could play with Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is obviously the, the class of the AFC. Shout out to Buffalo Mike, great Bills insider. Um, but, like, Derrick Henry's gone, you know? So there goes, like, the mm-hmm. second-best team. The Ravens are kind of starting to show the cracks in the levees, which I think will eventually turn into fallout floods due to their injury situation. Like you sure. mentioned, mm-hmm. the Chargers are starting to, like, beat themselves up, and obviously the Raiders aren't going to stay, you know, at 5-2 and two or a record like that for that much longer. And I think the, 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 the jury's still out on Cincinnati as well. Still a very young team. This might not be their year this year. But it's like, guys. When you lose to the Jets, <laughs> it's hard to say. Yep. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. I felt so bad because the Jets were so happy about that game. They were so happy. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for the Bengals right now. I'm like, yeah, you guys go. Good, good oh, sure. for you, robotic Joe Burrow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So... I just ranted about the AFC here. Now, I got to ask you this. It seems every year they have Aaron Rodgers, give or take, they're always in the NFC title game. But they might not mm-hmm. feel like an actual Super Bowl contender. You know, there's something, sure. weird, something weird about it. If Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy and this, like, COVID situation doesn't unravel the fabric of this team's character, which I don't believe Aaron Rodgers will allow the team to unravel character-wise, uh, <laughs> do you think this Packers team is a legit, Super Bowl contender, like this is our year potentially. Oh boy, um, yeah, you've talked about that NFC. Uh, it is just loaded this year. Yeah, um, the Rams uh, seemingly every year that they are just all in. Um, they will trade for whoever is the biggest star. Uh, <laughs> this last week it was Von Miller. Um, in the past, they've gone after Jalen Ramsey. Um, and then you have to deal with Aaron Donald. Um, so I think the Rams should be the favorite, in my opinion. Um, Dallas, we talked about earlier, they are obviously playing better. Eh, but Dak is injury prone. We'll see about that. He's dealing with a calf injury right now. Um, and then you still have Arizona. Um, oh, we haven't even mentioned Tampa Bay. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we haven't even got to the Buccaneers yet. Jeepers. Oh, my gosh. So there are legit five teams. Um, that could come out of NFC. And that's if, you know, Seattle doesn't make some kind of goofy run if Russ comes back, um, if Minnesota somehow gets their stuff together. Uh, the Saints, I don't think we have to worry about them anymore. James going down. This will be a boring answer, but I think it'll just come down to whoever's healthy at the end. But Green Bay, I could certainly see them going to the Super Bowl if they're healthy. I think their good is as good as anyone's in the league. Yeah. When they're right, it just comes down to if they're healthy. Um, they are getting David Bakhtiari. I don't know if it's this week, um, but definitely the next week. They still have to get Zadarius Smith back, who is an elite pass rusher that they've certainly needed. All those pieces come back. Aaron stays healthy. I think this could be their year. Yeah. I think it's pretty exciting. Like you mentioned, they're just so incredibly top-heavy in the NFC that it just makes me, like, sick thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
It's like well, you the teams you just named off that are all Super Bowl contenders. The Rams, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, and even then I feel like I'm forgetting one. It's like yeah. That's almost an entire like playoff bracket on the NFC side worth of like this is a Super Bowl ready team right now. It's insane to think about. Definitely. I I think home field advantage this year is as important as any year. The one seed, if Green Bay somehow got that, if the playoffs have to go through Lambeau Field, I I think that's a big advantage, especially with the season being a week longer. It'll be colder. (laughs) We'd see how, you know, the Rams, the Bucks do, Arizona, how they do in that kind of environment. Oh, yeah. Uh, With fans back this year, which I think was uh, a big factor last year with Tampa coming in. and seemingly doing whatever they wanted to do against Green Bay. I agree. And we forget, Green Bay wasn't that far off beating Tampa in the NFC title game. And I think that this is even a better Green Bay team than it was last year. Mm Because you saw it it especially in the second half of that game, like Rodgers was trying to force-feed Devontae Adams. But it seems like they've had so many other people step up as viable options this year that it seems like a much more complete team. Would you agree? I would. Um, they're definitely leaning more towards the run on offense, um, which means that they're controlling the ball more. Um, Aaron Rodgers obviously isn't going to throw picks so that they'll win the turnover battle almost every week. Um, and then the defense, oh my gosh, they're just so much better. And it's without key pieces on the defense too. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't seen much of Jair Alexander, who's probably a top five corner in the league. Zadaria Smith still has to come back great pass rusher and they've added key pieces to the defense uh Whitney Merciless in the trade deadline uh about a week ago or I guess two weeks ago it would have been yeah key pieces you know Aaron Rodgers comfort controversy this whole offseason was that he wasn't involved in the decision making yeah um and that they weren't making enough moves well they're making moves now yeah Absolutely, and I think the team looks great right now, and I think that's one thing Chiefs fans have to remember going into this game is that, yeah, okay, Rodgers isn't going to tear you apart, but like this is still a thick team. You know, it's we have to put points up because with Rodgers being gone, that defense isn't going to you know, play any worse. Defense is still going to eat our breakfast and try and win that turnover battle. That offense mm-hmm. still has people for him to throw to because I mean, many people forget Matt Moore went in and beat the Vikings a few years ago just because that, you know, Super Bowl champion Chiefs team was so talented. And, and Matt Moore almost beat Aaron Rodgers in Arrowhead the week before. Yeah, he did. Matt, Matrick Mahomes, I love him. Uh, <laughs> so, so one last thing on the on the NFC just that you were talking about there, it's so weird as well because it's a very rock-paper-scissors situation, it feels like, because if we're going to go with the who beat who, Buccaneers beat Dallas, but Rams beat Bucks. But then Cardinals beat Rams. But then Green Bay beat Cardinals. Did the Cowboys play the Packers this year? Can we just like complete that full circle? Ooh, the uh, Aaron Rodgers McCarthy showdown. Oh, dude, College Game Day would even go to that. <laughs> I, I mean, forget Belichick and Brady. Uh, th- this is what we want to see, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. It's like these are like two showstoppers right here. Belichick and Brady are both very stoic until they give handshakes, but. Man, I'd love to see Rodgers just, like score a touchdown, run over to the Cowboys bench, and like do the discount double check right in front of McCarthy. You know he would. 
You'd be like, sorry, McCarthy, I gotta add a few, few holes to this belt for you. Ha ha ha. I own you. <laughs> I own you. That's awesome. Well, then, I think there's only one question left to be answered here. And, Dave, what is your prediction for the game and final score for Chiefs versus Packers this weekend? Mm hmm. Uh, Vegas has the line at uh, Kansas City by eight right now. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> I I don't think that's far away. I could see it being like a Chiefs 28, Green Bay 20. Um I, I think they'll keep it close, annoyingly closer than Chiefs fans want it to be. I, I do think it'll come down to what the game plan is for Kansas City, specifically on their offense. Um if they're if Andy Reid's going to try to keep Mahomes in check and take the easy stuff and move the ball and, and score points and not do dumb jump passes oh. and, <laughs> and throw it into triple coverage. And uh, because Green Bay will make you pay if you try to do weird stuff like that. Um, they're, they're secondary. It's, it's the best it's been um, since I've been a fan, or at least since the Charles Woodson days. Oh, shout out uh, Charles Woodson. Let's go, Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that score. 20-20, Kansas City. 20-20, Kansas City. Okay. I think it's going to be a very first one to 20 sort of game. Uh, and not necessarily yeah. like scoring 20 wins it, but like first one to pass that 20 precipice probably wins it. Because there's something going on in the Chiefs locker room right now, and obviously that offense isn't clicking. You know, Only putting up three, game, three points against the Titans. Only managing to put up 20 against the Giants. I think the key to this game is going to be if the Chiefs defense can get it together and make Jordan Love look like he's making his first NFL start. And they're going to have to do that by sacking him a ton on third down, mm -hmm. not giving up big plays, and really, I mean, we're going to need two or three turnovers in this game to give us shorter fields to work with. Because I think if we can get some short fields, even just chip away at field goals, I think that will be key. It'll be taking points when and however we can do it. Um, I think it's going to be ugly. I think mm -hmm. it. I, I think it's. I want to lean towards twenty three twenty Chiefs. Twenty three twenty. Okay. Yeah. I, I something about that score feels right, and this might be the game where the team gets it back together, or maybe Ron Howard will come in and say it was not the game. The team got it back together. <laughs> Yep, yeah. yep. Well, like I said, um, Kansas City, it, it seems like they control their own destiny a bit in that division. Um, and this feels like a good place to start for them, in my opinion. Knock on wood. Dave, if you could fall on the grenade for us, I'd be so happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope Jordan Love puts up 450 and five touchdowns. <laughs> Dude, they, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is immediately released the next day. Oh, Oh gosh, he'd be he'd be done for sure. He'd be like, I'm coming back and playing for five years. I'm gonna go full Brett Favre, scorched earth, and join the Lions. Jeez. Matt Campbell's like, hell yeah, let's bite some kneecaps, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Dave, thank you so much for staying here and reviewing the Chiefs and Packers game on such short notice. I I asked this dude tonight at 5 p.m. just with everything going on. I said we have to do an episode with a Packers fan to kind of you know get into the locker room and see what's going on. So I just have one last question for you, Dave, and that is, will you stay and honor our listeners with a beer review? 
yeah, I'd love to. Let's do it. Let's do it. favorite time of the podcast and it's everyone's even more favorite time when you're doing it with a good friend we tonight welcome to the brewers booth david farrell and he is going to be doing a uh, we're going to do kind of a quick back and forth beer review tonight just with uh, the beers we've got drinking so dave what will you be sharing with our podcast listeners tonight in the uh, refrigerator we have a sam adams oktoberfest uh-oh as you uh-huh. know, we just got through our series, The Hunt for Red Oktoberfest, but I think we could do an auxiliary episode, which means I'm totally going to drop that sound cue right about now. It's The Hunt for Red Oktoberfest. Hunt for Red Oktoberfest. <laughs> Take notes, Armando. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you it. do it. Sean Connery. Let's go. Come on, man. Sean Connery. None of that Gregory Peck stuff. So... Uh, Dave, are they selling that out of bottles or out of cans these days? Uh, it's out of bottles. Okay. Oh, well, cool. Hold that up for you. Love it. Did you ever see the uh, SNL Bill Burr Oktoberfest sketch? That is one of the best sketches that SNL's done in the last twenty years. Dude, it's so funny. I mean, like, I legit. I, I never say this. Like, almost had milk come out my nose just like eating breakfast and watching that. It was that funny. Oh my gosh, shout out Bill Burr. Uh, incredibly underrated. Oh, dude, what if we got Bill Burr on the podcast? Okay, here's the thing. If we get, <laughs> Bill, Burr on, if we get Bill Burr on the podcast, we'll like secretly have like all of like the group chat in there as well, just like in incognito mode so he doesn't realize it. Oh my gosh, yes, please. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, he goes out on the bar stool all the time. You guys can get him, right? Dude, heck yeah. I'll be like, dude, this is a Kansas City Patriots podcast where we talk about the, <laughs> the glory Excuse me, of uh, the New England Patriots. All right. Jewett, so, Pat, we're talking to him. Let's go. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good Bill Burr impression, too. Apologies for the bad Boston no, accent. That's, that's solid. That's <laughs> solid. All right. So Dave will be reviewing Sam Adams' Oktoberfest, and simultaneously, I will be reviewing Afterglow India Pale Ale from City Barrel Brewing Company, one of my favorite breweries in Kansas City. Ooh. Uh, they are known for their hazy IPAs, but this bad boy is a West Coast IPA, which means it's more likely than not going to be a little more dry, hoppy, bitter, piney, residence, and clear. So, without further ado, Dave, shall we open our delicious beverages? We shall. Oh, that was a good crack. It's well done. You. All one long, one long thing. Uh, so, did you by any chance bring a glass with you? Uh, you bet I did. Dude, you bet he did. So... Here's the criteria for those of you playing at home. We do five categories. We do appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. So first is last, Dave, what is the appearance on that Sam Adams Oktoberfest? So it's very dark, and I want to get your opinion on this, Mm -hmm. um, because you have been reviewing Oktoberfest all month. Oh, yeah. So you've been saying that uh, they are typically a lighter color now. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. sorry. So, yeah, that, that Fest beer rant I went on. Yeah, Fest beers are generally a little more uh, lighter in color, but that being an American brewery's Oktoberfest is generally going to be a Meritson style, which is going to be that kind of amber, mm-hmm. Yep, yep it's that amber, style. darker. Yep, yep. yep. So, is that what you have in your glass over there? 
Correct. This is that amber, that really dark, bold color. So in that case, appearance, one to ten, what you giving it? Uh, it's a good looking beer. I'm not going to lie. Um, we'll, we'll give it a, a 7.9. Dude, 7.9. Come out of the gate swinging. Love it. You know, Tom Brady's got seven rings. Uh, so <laughs> my beer, this delicious Aaron Rodgers West Coast offense IPA. Uh, you know, it's ironic because the can says, do you know IPAs weren't always hazy? Well, this IPA is, is pretty Ooh, hazy. Is, isn't like I can't. It's very hazy. I cannot see your face. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to hold that against them, but it's kind of like if you're going to come out throwing fists against haze, you know, this thing better be as clear as quartz. Uh, but I'm not going to knock them too bad. It's a very delicious looking beer. I'm just being pedantic right now. Uh, a nice goldenrod color. A little bit of a like a light honeyness in there, both in opacity and in its color. Nice little head on top, varying bubbles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give the appearance of this West Coast IPA an 8 out of 10. Ooh, wow. 8 out of 10. Love it. Your boy likes it. Now, category number two is aroma. Got to do the Armando thing. You have a dominant nostril. You just don't know it. Uh, okay. So <laughs> we won't make you do it on air, but... Just uh, g- give that beer a few sniffs. Let me know what you're smelling. Is it uh, is it sweet? Is it malty? Is it dry? Is it bitter? I wouldn't say it's sweet. It is malty. and has that little bit of bitterness to it. Um, I-, I assume that's in line with most American-style Oktoberfest. Yeah. You can correct-, yep. correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're on it. Yep, 100%. Cool. So then uh, a lot of maltiness action going on, a little bit of bitterness. What would you grade that beer, 1 to 10? I, uh, I uh, would give that a, a 6.8. 6.8, okay. Dude, I like this. Dave's coming just, in here. He's taking no average, prisoners. you know. It's, it's not blowing me away. Not blowing him away. None of, not blowing him away. Okay, that's cool. That's fine. Uh, this one, this is a very fruity IPA. Ooh. Again. Not maybe necessarily as bitter as I would have expected it being a West Coast. I'm getting a lot of those tropical fruits in there. A whole lot of mango. Okay. A lot of kiwi. Kind of that, yeah, like tropical starburst smelling in there. More sweet than bitter, honestly. So, again, it's funny because it's like, this smells delicious. And if you put yeah. this in front of me, I'd be like, that's a hazy IPA. And it's like, no, it's a West Coast IPA. So, like, I feel like I have to judge criteria against it being a West Coast and not looking and smelling like a West Coast. So... Against my better judgment, I'm going to give this a 7.0 on aroma. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't hate me, City Barrel. I love City Barrel. Uh, so, <laughs> category three, Dave. Everyone's favorite part of everyone's favorite part of the podcast, which is the flavor category. Take a sip of that bad boy. Let it sit in your mouth for a couple seconds. And then swallow and exhale and tell me what you get. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I'm I'm getting that bitterness. Um, it it's not the smoothest beer I've ever had. Um, it it kind of just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. I still feel it on the on the roof of my mouth a little bit. Interesting. Okay. Um, going in for step number two. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it, it it's a heavy beer. Okay, heavy beer. Right on. Uh, flavor wise, then are you picking up? More of that kind of like malty, toasty, caramel noty stuff. Is there any sort of hot bitterness in there at all? 
there, there is a bitterness, um, and yeah, okay. you, you hit it with the the maltiness and uh, yeah, yeah, kind of that toasted caramel right. uh, going on. Um, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Then flavor one to ten. What do you give it? I'll uh, I'll go solid seven. Solid you know, seven. It's, it's not the best Oktoberfest I've ever had, but um, it, it's average. Okay. Okay. I dig it. I, I got to go back and drink Sam Adams Oktoberfest because it's been way too long since I've had that. I mean, Sam Adams at one point was like everyone's gateway into like true craft beer. Definitely. You know? Yep. Because even, yep. even, even when we turned 21 back in like uh, circa 2011, 2012-ish era, mm-hmm. I think there were only like 3,700 breweries in the United States. I say only. But I say in perspective, now there's over 8,000. So like it's more than Whoa. doubled in 10 years. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Crazy. Love to hear it. Flavor on this bad boy. Okay. I feel like I'm getting gaslit by this IPA. They say it's a West Coast. This tastes very fruity, especially on the front. Uh, The one thing I will give it, a little bit of hop dankness. Hop dankness is very characteristic of West Coast IPAs. It's a very earthy kind of like a, yeah, earthy kind of cavey dankness to it. So I will give it credit for that. And again, don't judge this being like, oh, ho, ho, it's a bad beer because he's not giving it like eight and a half to nine. If he told me this is a hazy IPA, I would shoot this at like an 8.8, 8.9. But again, because it's oh, West wow. Coast, you know, 8.8 West or uh, hazy, but for West Coast, 7.5. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Judging this on a curve here. I'm just that stingy, stingy teacher. Uh, all right. Then category four, Dave, is mouthfeel. Uh, how heavy is that beer in your mouth? You mentioned it was heavy, but would you say the consistency is more like milk, more like juice, or more like water? I, I would say the consistency is sort of like a apple juice, where it's not heavy, it's not light, uh, somewhere in the middle, but it kind of just hangs out in your mouth for a while. Good get. I follow you. Okay, I can see that. With, yeah, Oktoberfest generally being kind of like a lighter, crisper style of beer. That makes sense. Then mouthfeel, 1 to 10. Dave, what do you give that? Oh, gosh. Uh, a 4. <laughs> a 4? You don't like the apple juiciness? <laughs> no, it's not for me. <laughs> Dude, we need to have, like, beer hard knocks with David Farrell. Just come on in here. <laughs> like, have you have you tried some of those Mount Crushmore beers we have? you like, nah. I mean, it's fine, I guess. 6.8. If this is your deal. Yep. Not a big thing. Whatever. Okay, so then mouthfeel on this. I will say that definitely gets the mouthfeel of a West Coast IPA. Correct. Uh, that one is kind of medium-bodied. It feels like a bit of a carbonated juice. Not too heavy. It doesn't have that, you know, milkshakiness of a hazy IPA. So for that reason, congratulations on mouthfeel here. I am going to give this one a 9 on mouthfeel. It does what it's supposed to do. All right. Then, Dave, category number 5, aftertaste. Uh, when you take a sip of that beer, you got that maltiness, a little bit of bitterness. When you get mm-hmm. a chance to kind of like exhale and let it sit for a few seconds, does that taste change at all? Do you notice any big differences on there? Is it is it as true as it was from sip to exhale? Hold on, we'll go in for another sip. All right. Yeah, I can't say that it changes too much, to be honest. Um, it, it's very consistent. I'll give it that. Good. So aftertaste, I would give it um, a seven. Okay. All right. Well, so, since it's going to be consistent, I'll be consistent. Heck yeah, my de- my gentleman Dave is anything if not consistent. 
uh, aftertaste then on this Afterglow West Coast IPA. Okay, a lot more of the hot bitterness comes out in the aftertaste than in the foreground. And that's what's weird, is that this one finishes more like a West Coast IPA than it goes down like a West Coast IPA. I'm getting a whole bunch of that, like, old school bitterness in there. Uh, let me see what they use for hops on this. Uh, da -da -da -da. Let's see, we got, yep, Centennial, Mosaic, and Simcoe. Those are kind of the, uh, the usual suspects of West Coast IPAs. You know what? I'm really getting that in the back half of this. So for that reason, West Coast IPA, I'm going to give this an 8.9. I've said it before. I like my party up front and my bitterness out back. Love it. Put that on a T-shirt. All right, Dave. Now to the surprise of no one, yourself included, we have our sixth secret category called BDQ or in this case, believe, don't you? Quell into the power of Jordan Love. <laughs> or Big Stomach's Drinkability Quotient. This is a wild card, Dave. The floor is yours. Say what you want about this beer and give it a 1 to 10 rating. Uh, I, I think we all have had a same Adam's Oktoberfest. Um, anyone who listens to this pod um, will know what I'm talking about. Um, it, it is the staple whether that's good or bad, but it's definitely not the best just because it's the most popular doesn't mean it's the best. Um, overall, I will give it a 7.0. All right. It, it's like I said, it's average, but it's not bad. Heck yeah, man. It's the Hyundai Sonata of Oktoberfest. I love to there see you it. Go. <laughs> so then believe don't you and quell into Jordan love quality on this one. Now, here's the chance for me to wax poetic on this, because I was so hard on it, because I'm being the worst kind of person in the beer community. be like, well, actually. Uh, so, it says it's a West Coast IPA. I'm getting a lot of notes of haziness, from its appearance, to its smell, to its forward flavor. However, that being said, this thing still comes in a 16-ounce can. This is still 7.1, which is the peak ABV for IPAs, because you can have more than one. This thing is still a delicious beer with head retention that would match anything in its class. And for that reason, Afterglow India Pale Ale from City Barrel gets a BDQ rating of 9.5. This thing is a party in a can, and I'm so glad I was invited. Well, Dave, my man, that is the Oscar outro music, meaning we're getting kicked off of our own show. But thanks again for showing up the last minute to talk about this game. It was great seeing you. Stay safe and have fun this weekend. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Music